Farmers in the Harvest. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Now, your host, Kevin Fulcher. Kevin Folger, and this is Labors in the Harvest podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, we're picking up uh, in this episode where we left off in our last episode. I have my son, Andrew Folger, with me, who's the associate pastor at the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where Dan Titt is the pastor. And in our last episode, we talked a little bit about his family and, and uh, growing up in a, in a ministry home. And uh, in this particular episode, we want to talk a little bit about young younger men in the ministry and some of the things that they face and the issues that are at play in their lives. Um, we're independent Baptists. We're unashamed of that. Uh, there are uh, and are some young people, uh, young men today who grew up in as independent circles. And uh, some of them are pushing back and uh, leaving our ranks, going what we would call the evangelical route, non-denominational and uh, so I want to just talk to you a little bit about that and uh, some of the things that are you're seeing and uh, why you are where you are. I think you're uh, very solid in your position. Um, w- would that be a fair assessment? <laughs> <laughs> I would say so, yes. <laughs> I think you're in trouble if you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so uh, obviously uh, you, you graduated from Bible college in 2003. Mm-hmm. And so uh, 17 years now, uh, yeah. coming you know, 17 years now into the ministry, um, no doubt some young men, you know, young people that you went to, to college with, you've seen yeah. a little bit of a drift, if not a, maybe a, a great variation. So let's talk a little bit about that. So what are you seeing today? What, what are you seeing? Um, I, I think there are probably more that are sticking than we yeah. think. Yeah. So from your perspective, what, what are you seeing as a young man in the ministry today? Well, of course, I think this is a different um, time to minister, and I think one of the the hindrances, it can also be a great blessing, but I think one of the hindrances is social media, you know? (laughs) And so you're able to, um, if you're not careful, you play the comparison game all the time, you Mm -hmm. know? So you see maybe another ministry um, that is bigger or, you know, seems, you know, and I think Or seems to be bigger. (laughs) I think someone said no one has a bad day on Twitter, you know, or a bad Sunday on Twitter or something like that. That's exactly pretty much true. (laughs) And and so I think um, if you're not careful, you can allow pragmatism to uh, reign there where, you know, you do things to get results and um, instead of doing things the way the Lord uh, desires you to do. And so I think... There can obviously there's frustration in ministry, you know. Um, there are rough days, there are bad Sundays, and um, and so you got to be careful not to, to switch things so quickly, uh, just to get results, you know, and uh, stick stick with things. And so I think that's a big hindrance today, you know, uh, that we have. And of course, I'm on I'm on social media, and I see these things, and um, you know, you see another ministry may ha- may have tried something, and some things I think if we're not careful, um, you know. They may try something, but I hope that they've been Holy Spirit led in that. You know, that mm-hmm. they've prayed, you know, and spent time, much time in prayer and didn't just do that. And if, if we're not careful, what may work in, in one region of the country may not work in another region, or, or 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 those kind of things. And so, you know, I think that that's definitely a hindrance that we see um, today. You know, well, I think there there's no question about that. That um, you know, we are in a situation. I think. I'm of the generation, you know, that things were one way. I grew up in the in a church from from the time I can remember the 1960s all the way through as I was pastoring sure. into the you know the new millennium, uh, you know, 2019 as a pastor, 
So growing up into one church and then coming back and serving on staff for 41 years there, you know, you kind of get set a little bit in your ways and it's difficult sometimes to make some of the adjustments that need to be made. Um, I think one of the things that's come out of the COVID-19 is that we've seen some churches have to make some adjustments that, you know, that we're almost forced to do so. And, um, you know, we've got to be careful that we don't let traditions become, you know, our, hey, this is what we've always done, therefore we can never do anything differently. But on the other side, I think we also have to be careful that, again, I think the key is this idea of being led by the Holy Spirit, making sure we're not violating any biblical mandates because if we're not careful we think you know hey the bible says that you have to have sunday school at 10 o'clock morning <laughs> service at 11 and sunday night at six but i was a kid grew up it was at seven o'clock and we moved to the six and we became liberals because we did so <laughs> I believe so so i mean what are some of the things that you're seeing like that that you know that if we're not careful we we get maybe locked into some traditions or uh, or just you know we just we're just hesitant to make the changes yeah. sometimes that maybe need to be made. Yeah, well I think you know there there is a hesitancy and, and rightly so um, on a lot of things. And one of the things I've appreciated about our pastor, um, and of course I know probably most could say this about their pastor, especially going through this coronavirus um, crisis, that I think everything that has been done, we've made some changes as as necessary. We've had to make make some changes, but I think everything's done been done in prayer mm-hmm. and uh, just seeking the Lord. And uh, one of the things that we weren't doing uh, prior to this was a live stream. And and because of this, we were enabled, we started a live stream and we've, we've seen the reach, you know, that can mm-hmm. come from that. And right. so we may, you know, we may change our um, position on something like sure. that going forward. Um, you know, and, and of course that hasn't been fully decided what we'll do at the, the end of this, but you know, um, some of the other things that we've looked at again, um, just the idea of meeting digitally. Now I meet with my Sunday school class once a week on zoom and uh, that is, that is not a practice that I want to continue. <laughs> I, I think it's um, like the in flesh meeting. <laughs> yeah, I think it's awkward and, um, you know, there, there's not that connection but it's been good for a time. But I, sure. what I've enjoyed is just watching our church be adaptable, watching other churches be adaptable. I've watched businesses in our area be adaptable to uh, the changes, and um, I, I've I, I've seen you know of course on a, on the business side, I don't know obviously you know if it's Christian business it may be Holy Spirit led, but at least in the church you know it's been wonderful just to see the adaptability and a lot, allowing the church to to continue. And some thought, you know, this would be a great hindrance to the church, this coronavirus. And I think, if anything, it's strengthened um, churches. I, I think it's going to be interesting because I do think that businesses are realizing, at least some of them, that they can get by without a brick-and-mortar yeah. uh, place. And I think there's going to, from my perspective, this is just prediction. I'm not a prophet, yeah. but I'm just saying I think there's going to be some real um, vacancy in uh, commercial real estate. Yeah. For the church, it's just the opposite of that, okay? Because we're made to meet. That's sure. what it, what a church yeah. is. We, yeah. We're made to have... Now, we can do this, but having sat in front of TVs and watching <laughs> church services and being physically in a church service, to me, there's no comparison. Yeah. Now, I get it. I get it, the fact that there's a time when you have to do that. If you're mm-hmm. sick, you can't get out. Um, but, man, somebody says, well, you know, we're going to lose half of our people because... They're they're going to get used to going to church in pajamas. Well, not if you love the Lord. Sure. If you're if you have a heart for the things of God, there's no substitute between a physical church service and and watching a live stream service. Would you yeah. agree with that? Absolutely, we did. I mentioned that we did a um, we kind of quarantined ourselves, so that was three services: a Wednesday night and then a 
so, or uh, and a Sunday morning and Sunday night, and then I remember, you know, as soon as we got the negative result, I'm thinking, and I'm gonna get back because it's just not the same. And it, of course, we would we would sit together, we'd we'd stand up and we'd sing the hymns, we'd we'd bow our heads, close our eyes during the prayer. We did all the things that we would do in church, but it just right. wasn't the same sure. as as being in the auditorium. And you know, I've yet to talk to one of our church members that said, "Now nah, we're content to to stay home." Some of them are doing that right now because yeah. they yeah. think it's the wisest yeah. thing for them, but. Every one of them said, we can't wait till we get back. You know, yeah. we want to meet together with our brothers and sisters. So, so I raised boys in our home, and, mm-hmm. and you guys are, I would say, avid sports fanatics, okay? <laughs> yes. So I wasn't. I mean, I, I really, I, I don't know if it's my personality or what, but yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, go, set it, going down to a crowd of 20,000 people downtown sure. Cleveland to watch the Cavs play or, or, you know, going to a Cleveland Indians. Now, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But... I could sit in my living room, get a better, watch the <laughs> the pitches being thrown better for a baseball game, or that's get what my close, grandpa always uh, said too. Yeah, so I must yeah. not. So I must be in natural. the DNA. But I know you boys, yeah. and you Pete and Kevin. I mean, if you guys had the choice of going downtown to a live event yeah. or watching in the living room, you'd take the live event anytime, sure. right? Yeah, so, absolutely. So I think it's part of it is where your heart is, right? Well, I, I think part of it is like there are some people. It's like okay, you know, church yeah. is all right. But I mean, if your heart is really there and you want to yeah. see God work, I think you want to be where this. I mean, because there's a spirit in the there church. Is, there yeah. is a spirit. Yeah. yeah. So. And I think you, you know, the Holy Spirit can still speak through online preaching sure. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think some of the, I think it's hard to translate. You know, congregational singing. There's just something about that. Yeah. You know, corporate worship, um, even the special music. You know, um, it, it it's good still online, but it's nothing like being yeah. in in the in the house of God where people are. You know. Uh, commenting, you know, I, I preached once um, live stream during this whole time, and I remember it's tough not getting feedback from sure. people. You know, yeah. when you're preaching, you can tell if they're getting it and that kind of an idea. You mm-hmm. know, and when you when you take the audience out of the room, uh, that's difficult as well, for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm gonna lead this kind of segues into the next question, and this is one I hadn't kind of prepared you for. But all right, so you're a young man, and uh, you've grown up in an independent Baptist family and uh, you're serving in an independent baptist church what what do you see uh, are you know what what are some of the strengths that you see uh, in our independent baptist movement that would say hey as a as a young person this is something that you need to consider yeah um i would start with i think the greatest strength is biblical preaching Mm -hmm. you know and um and of course i grew up with strong bible preaching i was thinking of my pastor's um you know, I often think of my pastors. I grew up under Roy Thompson, mm-hmm. you know, who was a strong Bible preacher. You as well, you know, a strong Bible preacher. Uh, then I went away and I spent a year and a half at Crown under uh, Dr. Clarence Sexton, who was a strong Bible preacher. And then I transferred to Heartland uh, for the last two and a half years of my college where I was under Pastor Sam Davison, mm-hmm. strong Bible preacher. Then, of course, went back to Cleveland Baptist. And now I'm here in Indianapolis with my father-in-law, Dan Tidd. And, um, and you know, those... I've grown so much under the, the routine preaching. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a strength um, that we have. I also think of the longevity of our pastors, you know. Um, again, all those men I mentioned um, spent decades um, pastoring in, in one church. Mm-hmm. And I know not everybody has that um, uh, that experience uh, with their pastor. They may grow up in a church where they're, 
their pastor routinely changes. And I know that's got to be difficult, but I, I think the longevity of some of the, um, the these men in our movement has been an incredible thing. You know, you don't yeah. see someone jumping every two years from a, a church to church, you know. And, well, uh, I think if we're not careful too, you know, every every pastor, uh, every ministry has, has you know, there's, um, oh, let's just put it this way. There's there are issues at, a, at play. Sure. There's no such thing as a perfect church, no yeah. such thing as a perfect pastor. But I do know a lot of godly men who really love the Lord and, you know, and who, you know, in my ministry, uh, you know, I've, I've been disappointed as I've seen people make decisions that have, you know, really hurt the ministry, whether it's been immorality or financial, you know, you know, not being upright with finances Mm -hmm. or, or whatever. And I think a lot of it is how people handle that. In other words, if, if we're just trying to sweep stuff under the carpet and, and bury stuff, and then just move people along. There, there's, there's a, there's an onus to that. Well, yeah, yeah. But and of course, that's even that in and of itself is sin when you're right. you're not Absolutely. dealing with things. You sure. know, that definitely comes back to affect but the church. I, I think you know, and I can't say that I always handle everything perfectly. Yeah. But when I was pastoring, there were a couple of times when I had to deal with some pretty ugly stuff. Sure, and had to bring it before the congregation. Yeah. And not that everybody needs to know every little detail. I think we're living in the 24-hour news cycle <laughs> sure. where everybody thinks they have to know every little thing. Yeah. But I think we have to, people have to have enough information to realize hey, there's a reason why we're doing what we're doing, and, mm-hmm. and we're not trying to bury sin or cover sin. Yeah. Um, and but but I also get it where that's happened, where that's there's been you know some real pushback. So sure. you know I think there's a balance in that. So think about going forward. You know, obviously none of us can predict what the future holds, but. What do you see? What do you see as a young man, uh, you know, as far as uh, looking ahead? Yeah. Um, I, I still, you know, I think we're going to have the same battles that we've had. I think they're, they're just going to be in a different way. Again, we are dealing with um, a technology age, you know, and so I think as we go forward, um, there's some great strengths to be had. Uh, there's also some pitfalls if we're not careful, you know. And so I think a lot of the things that have been done in the past, you know, um, the principles remain the same. And, um, and <clears throat> the, the same things that have guided us in the past, we've got to move towards in the future. But I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about what the Lord can do. Um, I'm excited about how we can reach the world with the gospel in the future. I think we're in an age now uh, where the entire world has the opportunity to hear the gospel preached. I'm, I'm completely in agreement with that. You know, you know what? I think one of the things the Lord said, you know, bit, that the gospel has to be preached in yeah. all the world. And I think the potential is there. Sure. And of course, one of the focuses of my life is the 1040 window, which is a place of mm-hmm. darkness. And I think through technology, you know, not, that doesn't replace, again, sure. uh, one-on-one, but yeah. at least the opportunity is there for the world to, yeah. to get the gospel. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap that up uh, today. I want to thank uh, my son, Andrew, for being a part of it and uh, this, this particular podcast. Uh, this is Kevin Folger with Labors in the Harvest. I want to thank you for uh, being a listener today. Once again, uh, please encourage others to join us as we... Talk about laborers, those who labor in the Lord's harvest. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you have been encouraged by today's podcast. If you have been helped, we want to encourage you to subscribe and to share. Please feel free to leave us a comment. If you want to know more about Kevin Folger, and the ministry, please visit his ministry at kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us again next time for more Laborers in the Harvest.